0: Welcome to The Fiscal Feminist, a conversation about women, money, and priorities. Hi, I'm Kimberly Davis, and I'm The Fiscal Feminist. Welcome to the Fiscal Feminist podcast. I'm also a managing director and partner at the Bonson Group, a wealth management practice with offices in Newport Beach, California, and New York City. Today, we're going to do a podcast that speaks about savings. A lot of my followers on Instagram and Facebook have reached out saying that they would like to get a roadmap as to how to save, how to begin saving, and how to you know build up that savings account over time. So we're going to be addressing that today, and I would like to thank everyone who does follow the fiscal feminist on Instagram and Facebook and would encourage everyone to have a look at it and uh, become followers. Also, if you could rate this podcast, that would be fantastic. Um, I tried to figure out how to do that the other day and it took me a while, but I did ultimately figure it out. So please rate the podcast if you if you like it and you have a minute to do so. So let's get started. The first thing I want to say is, don't think of it as saving. Saving does not mean not spending on anything anymore. It means prioritizing your financial goals and making savings a top goal. Stop living in denial and thinking you will start saving one day when all the stars line up. You've got to put a plan in place now and get serious. There is no time like the present. Otherwise, time will pass and you will continue not to save and you will fall farther and farther and farther behind and that is just not a good thing. So this is really important. It might be the most important thing that you can do for your financial future. So let's start at ground zero and determine how we begin this whole process. The first thing that you want to do is determine your budget. Okay, this sounds boring, but it's not. It could be actually very exciting because you're going to get clarity on what you've been spending all your money on, right? You get your paycheck, You, you know the end of the month comes, and, and you're kind of like, what have I spent all this money on? So now we're gonna get to the bottom of it. We're gonna do some forensic examination to figure out what we're spending our money on. You can track your spending by looking at your debits in your bank account and charges on your credit card statements for the past few months. And from that, determine, what do you spend on necessities, right? Your rent, your utilities, your gas, your your phone bill, so on and so forth. Food, what do you spend on non-necessities? Things that you want to buy, but you don't necessarily need. So we, these are called your discretionary costs. Things like entertainment, clothes, shoes, makeup, vacations, hobbies, whatever, that kind of thing. So that, at that point, then, you have your fixed expenses that you need to keep a roof over your head and live and eat and get to work and do all the day-to-day things. Then you have your discretionary expenses, which are the things that you do that are for fun and aren't necessarily needed. And you've got the two most important numbers. And then you figure out what you have left over. At that point, then you need to evaluate how much debt do you have on credit cards that needs to be paid off. So those are the three components to figuring out the ground zero equation. Once you figure out those things, then after you can... Budget yourself so that you are saving, uh, you are paying your fixed costs, allocating an appropriate amount for your discretionary expenses, and then with whatever is left over, you have to start paying down your credit card debt. That is the first order of business. You start with a goal of reducing your credit card debt by a manageable amount every month, and to that end, you must work until you get it to zero. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pay five hundred dollars a month towards my credit card, um, if you can't do that, it's unrealistic, and you're gonna fall out of that strategy, pick a number that makes more sense to you. So maybe say I'm gonna pay off a thousand dollars over the next six months, and I'm gonna prorate that over the next six months, and I'm gonna incorporate that into my budget and make that part of my fixed cost so I can eliminate this credit card debt. NerdWallet suggests a budget of fifty, thirty, and twenty which makes good sense to me you devote 50% of your income to necessities 30% to discretionary items and 20% to paying down debt or sa- or using the money after you pay the debt down to save so 30% to discretionary seems like a reasonable amount you're not you know living the life of a recluse but you are able to do a few things and have some fun that will keep you going towards your goals of saving so once you have fixed your budget up started to pay down your credit card debt and you've paid it off fully and now you have some money to save the first thing that you want to save for is your emergency fund everybody needs to establish a, an emergency fund that covers 3 to 6 months worth of expenses i prefer 6 months because i tend to be more conservative you never know what life is going to deal you and this is what this emergency fund is for perhaps you lose your job perhaps there is a disability Perhaps there's some unforeseen circumstance that you can't even imagine right now that prevents you from having cash flow coming into your home. So you need to have this emergency fund for those kinds of uh, situations. So that's the first thing you're going to do after you've eliminated all credit card debt. It's essentially a cash fund that will cover up to six months of expenses in the event you've got no money coming in. Once you have the emergency fund set up, so you're looking pretty sweet right now, right? You've got your budget. You've paid down your credit card debt, and you've got your emergency fund in place. Now you have to begin the fun of saving. Change your mindset. Think of savings as fun. If you have an inspiration board of all the things that you want to get, a car, a house, a pair of shoes, whatever it is, look at savings as your as your vehicle to get you there. And so it should be a really fun thing to do that's going to ha- help you achieve a goal that you desire. So don't think of it as as punishment. It's not punishment. It just means that you're spending less and you're saving with enthusiasm. And you can get excited about what you're saving for, whether it's your retirement, educational expenses, your retirement fund, or some other thing that you want to buy. And you will feel so together when you are financially moving in the right direction that you're going to get a saving high. And there's nothing like that, my friends, I can tell you. So... I'm going to give you a few daily, weekly, and monthly tips that you can follow that are actionable items that you can put into effect that will help you achieve these goals that we just spoke of. First and foremost, if you're going to use your credit card every month to pay for things, to get points and miles and cash back, then you've got to pay off the credit card bill every month. That is the first commandment. Um, there's no point in having uh, generating these points and the miles and all that stuff if you're not paying the bill off because they start to cost too much because you're paying interest and penalties and so on and so forth. Numero uno, pay off all credit card debt each month. Secondly, something I find very, very helpful for me is automate your savings. Set up an automated amount of money to be transferred to your savings account every week or month or per paycheck. This way you don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about it. The money is automatically transferred. I do this on the 15th of every month, and it works like a charm for me. I have a a very strict savings plan, a strategic savings plan in place. I know I consider that to be a fixed cost on the 15th of the month. That amount of money is going straight to my savings account, and I don't have to do anything about it. It just does it automatically. Start with small, short-term goals. Better to start with an achievable goal, such as $20 per week in savings, then setting a goal you will find difficult to maintain, such as $500 per month, because it's too egregious. Get used to saving and feeling the benefits of saving. Once you reach your short-term goal, then you will enjoy seeing your bank account growing, and at that point, you can up the ante and save more per month. But start with achievable goals, because if you get frustrated and you can't achieve them, then you're just going to throw your hands up in frustration and give up, and then you'll fall completely out of the strategy. And we absolutely don't want you to do that. So baby steps are absolutely okay. The other thing that I find, or I have found in the past that's really helpful to me, is to budget with cash and envelopes. I know this sounds a bit crazy, and it sounds very old-fashioned, but it really has worked for me because it really kept me on track during a time in my life where I really needed to stay on track. And it's, it's kind of a way of looking at something in a very visual way. So if you have issues with overspending and control, use the envelope budget system where you set a certain amount of cash aside for a t- particular time period, a week or a month. And then once you um, have set this amount, you can even make other envelopes and put cash in those envelopes for particular expenses that you have in mind. For example, here's my little envelope for how many times I'm going to go out to the restaurants this month. This is what I'm going to use to buy clothes with. This is what I'm going to use for uh, my gas money. And then you have these envelopes with cash. And once you've got the cash in there and it's gone, that's it. You've done your spending for that period and it keeps you on track. So the basic idea is to pay for as much as possible with cash, store that cash in separate envelopes for different budget categories. That way, it's a great way to easily visualize how much money you have left. Some people find you know, paying for everything with a dwindling stack of cash keeps them in control. Then when you put everything on your debit card, and it just kind of goes out into the ether. And unless you go online and look at your ledger, you know, you really aren't really keeping track of what you're spending. So for me, it was very helpful and uh, maybe a little old-fashioned, but sometimes it's the old notions that work the best. Another thing that you can do that I also do is pay your bills with auto pay. This will ensure that you pay your bills in a timely manner, that you don't incur late penalties, and uh, that will keep you on track and also is beneficial to your credit report. Another very important rule, which I definitely, definitely use, is to implement the 24-hour rule. Do not buy discretionary items, large or small, but especially large, impulsively, and then suffer buyer's remorse. Have a self-imposed 24-hour rule and wait 24 hours before you pull the trigger and buy that item. For online shopping, for example, this is a very good thing to do. It's so easy for us to sit in front of our computers when we're bored or it's late at night or we need a break and to just go shopping. It's very easy to do, and you can spend a lot of money doing that. So you can always uh, save that thing that you're looking at to favorites. They have those little heart things. That's your favorite thing, and you can put that on there and save it for tomorrow after you've had to think about it and slept on it, and then go back and buy it the next day if you have the money to buy it without incurring debt. So I would say any kind of purchase, take 24 hours to contemplate it before you pull the trigger. My next tip I call the quid pro quo. Yes, I'm using that term, and I know everybody is hearing that term over and over today in the news. And I'm going to use it now because it is actually very appropriate to what I'm about to tell you to do. Every time you treat yourself to a non-essential, i.e. discretionary purchase, put the same amount in your savings account simultaneously. So if you go buy a pair of shoes for $250, then you should put $250 in your savings account. And that way it's a wash. One thing begets the other. It's a very good way to keep yourself on track. Even if it's something like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go buy 10 lattes this week, then put 10 lattes worth of money in your savings account. Small, seemingly insignificant contributions to savings add up over time, and if you just watch your savings account grow from these little things, you will understand what I'm saying and you will feel great about it. But the quid pro quo works. It's kind of like when you clean out your closet. You say, I'm going to buy a new jacket. Every time I buy a new jacket, I'm going to get rid of a jacket I haven't worn in my closet. Keep things tidy, keep things tight, keep yourself on track, and that rule will really help you. Next thing to do that I think is also very effective is calculate the purchase of the cost of the item that you're about to buy by how many hours of work it will take for you to complete to pay for that purchase. Divide the cost of the item by your hourly wage. Reality check, that's a reality check. So if I'm going to go buy a pair of shoes for $500, and I know I always use the pair of shoes as my example because obviously I am a woman obsessed with shoes, um, I need to divide that by how much I make. And if it's worth 10 hours worth of work, I have to say to myself, are these shoes worth 10 hours of my labor? And if they are, then I will go buy them. If they're not, I might reconsider and buy a pair of shoes that are worth three hours of my labor. But it's a very good reality check. Next Unsubscribe. We all get you know these emails. We are inundated all day long with emails from the the retailers that we um, you know buy things from, and they are sending us emails all the time. So unsubscribe, opt out. It's just temptation. Stay away from it. I've opted out of just about everything because I just don't want these constant reminders of things that I might want to buy. The other thing that you should do on a regular basis is check your credit report quarterly, because you. You know, you want to make sure that your credit is is good and is going in the right direction. There are free credit services such as Credit Karma that allow you to do this. And it's very important that you know where you stand credit-wise and what the credit agencies are thinking about you. These things come into play if you want to get a loan for a house or a car, if you are applying for a lease, so um, and a lower credit score is going to cost you money in higher interest rates, so do keep tabs on your credit score. I have some other things that are more practical in day-to-day, such as, you know, before you go to the grocery store, make a grocery shopping list. Don't just amble into the grocery store. You're feeling a little bit hungry or you just want to buy something and buy random things at the grocery store. These things add up. So have a list, be organized, keep it on your phone. That way you can check it off as you go through the grocery store. Once you're done with the list, you're out. Leave. Don't buy anything you don't need. Gently reduce your dining out budget. If your budget is really high and going out all the time to dinners, Because I know how that is. We all get home from work and we're tired and we don't want to cook. So we do DoorDash or we go out to dinner. But just try to commit to a certain number of times per month that you will dine out or you will get delivery and just stick to it. Don't sacrifice your lifestyle totally because you need to enjoy your life and every day is precious. But also try to limit how often you do this because I think a lot of times we don't think about it. And then those expenses really do add up. And lastly, try to limit alcohol consumption when you're out because we all know a glass of wine costs a fortune or a a cocktail. So restaurants make money from the alcohol. So just keep that in mind. One thing that I do is every quarter I evaluate all my monthly bills to see if there are ways that I can save money on those bills. So I will call Verizon and I will try to figure out if I'm still on the best plan. I will review my utility bill. I will review my cable bill. And I always want to make sure, you know, that I'm kind of in the most optimal plan possible. I'm very, very careful with my utility bills. I'm always calling uh, the utility company because I I don't understand why my bill is so high. And so they are able to break down to me what I'm spending the money on. And that helps me to curb my usage. So these little things like that could save you a lot of money. With respect to vacations, don't just plan a vacation ad hoc and you know impulsively. Put it in your annual budget, plan for it, try to use your miles, try to find the best way to save money on the vacation by planning it in the future, as opposed to saying on a Friday, I think I'm going to go on vacation on Monday for two weeks. Um, you will have to pay for that in the end. You don't want to put all of these ex- vacation expenses on credit card bill- credit cards and then when you get back from vacation, have to worry about paying it off and feeling the stress of that. Christmas is coming up, so there's going to be a lot of gift giving going on. We all have birthdays, Christmas, Hanukkah, all sorts of things that we have to buy gifts for. So I would say, again, give yourself plenty of time for giving gifts and planning the budget. Therefore, set spending limits on what you're going to spend. Expensive doesn't always mean thoughtful Look for sales and do your best to do this all in advance and at least plan your budget for it in advance so that you're not just, you know, buying gifts willy-nilly and then all of a sudden you have this huge gift expense around the holidays and it's overwhelming and causes a stress and makes you not like the holidays. And then again, in keeping with this idea, establish a monthly entertainment budget. Whether you like to go to the cinema or the theater or concerts or you're into extreme sports... All of these things cost money, so if you have a set amount of money that you're going to put aside every month or you're going to budget every month for what you're going to spend on these things, once you hit your limit, you're done and you can't do any more, but at least you know what you can anticipate and you can spread it out over a certain time period and gives you something to look forward to. If you get a tax refund or a windfall, save it. Don't go out and blow it all on some discretionary item that you you know you really want. Or save part of it, but don't spend all of it because it's, it's, a, it's a real gift in savings when you get a windfall. So use it for your future benefit. Think of your future benefit and how it will grow when it's savings in a savings account or it's invested. It'll be worth a lot more in three or four years. So don't spend it now. Wait for it to grow. And then I would say a very important and my last point for today is start saving for retirement as early as you possibly can. Even if retirement seems a very long way off, it is never too early to start saving for it. Before you know it, you are older than you think. Take it from me. One day I turned around and I was like, oh, my God, retirement isn't exactly that far away. Um, So retirement savings will compound and grow over your lifetime. And that's going to ensure that you can live in dignity in your old age. It's going to be very difficult to live on just your Social Security check when you're old. So you need to have some sort of backup. And people don't get pensions the way they used to and things to that nature. So it's really up to us to make sure that we're saving for our retirement when we are able to, when we're working and we're healthy. Um, so I know there are conflicting expenses uh In our lives, you know, you've got to put your kid through college or you've got, you know, you just need to get through the month. And the idea of saving for retirement just seems like one thing too much to do. But if I could encourage you even to open an IRA, if you don't have a 401k, to even put $500 a year in that, I I would say it's the best gift that you can give to yourself. So the two things you can do is if you have a 401k program at your office, Uh, at your employment, max out on your 401k contribution or contribute as much as you possibly can and take advantage of your employer match if they have one. And if you don't have a 401k program, then contribute to a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA in some amount every year just to get the ball rolling. Very, very important to do that. So these are just a few tips to get you started. I hope that you you find them useful and, and practical and able to implement. Um, once you start seeing your savings account grow, you'll be motivated to do more. So give it a chance, saving is fun. And if you guys have any ideas about um, savings tips that you wanna share with me, please feel free to send them to me and I will share them through uh, my social media. And also, if you have any ideas about things that you would like me to speak about, please reach out because I'm always interested in hearing what you care about, not so much what I care about, but what you really want to hear about. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Fiscal Feminist, a conversation about women, money, and priorities.
1: The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of HITAR Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.
0: Ignorance is not bliss. As women...